Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello, everyone. My name is Umar Hamid. I'm your host on the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategy, and advice on how you can become better, stronger, faster. Just before we get started, I've got a question for you. Do you have a negative voice inside your head? We all do, right? I'm going to help you remove that voice in under 30 days guaranteed. Not only remove it, but transform it. So instead of the voice that sabotages you, there's one that propels you to much higher levels of performance and success. There's a link in the show notes. Click on it to find out more. All right, let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the No Limit Selling Podcast. Today, we have an amazing guest, Kay Miller. She's the author of uncopyable sales secrets so uh don't take notes it's useless it ain't gonna work she knows hypnosis uh don't look into her eyes <laughs> Kay, welcome to the program mm, thank you so much even yet though i failed your first test yeah let's ask the listeners put it in the comments there's a gaggle of geese what do you call a group of crows i know checking on google first it's kind of weird but it's, uh, edgar Allan poe I'm a Baltimore. Oh, that's player, a good so, clue you know, too. You gave me a clue and I still didn't get it. And I, I, I knew it, but hey. You know what's kind of interesting is, you know, I lived in Baltimore for a long time and Edgar Allan Poe is from there. And on his birthday, somebody would bring a bottle of brandy to mm -hmm. his grave and no one knew who did it for like decades. And then it stopped. And we all assumed that that person passed away and they couldn't do it anymore. But it was uh, pretty amazing that somebody is amazing. dedication to, because Edgar Allan Poe, you know, changed the world. Yes. And that's what we're trying to do, right? <laughs> Brilliant. So, you know, sales has been going on uh, since the dawn of time. I could see like uh, cave people having kids and this little like uh, miniature kid who's, you know, about four years old trying to figure out, do I go to mom or dad to get this brontosaurus steak that I want? And the kids figured out, go to mom for this one and ask mom in this way. And we were such great salespeople when we were young. And then when we get a little older, we're self-conscious. It's like, oh, I don't want to make, I don't want to pick up a call. So why do you think we go from being fearless as kids to fearful as uh, teenagers and then adults? Well, that's a good question because um, another thing, you know, in looking a little more modern times, um, a lot of us were entrepreneurs as a kid. I sold all kinds of things. Um, I sold my most successful venture was K's candy. Oh, and I, I, I love alliteration. So I spelled everything with K and, but I sold candles and just crafts and everything, anything. Kangaroos. I, I mean, anything with a K, you were there. Yes. Right. Right. And so um, I don't know. It's like that kid enthusiasm, like you said that, you know, and, and when you're selling as a kid, I mean, it's a great way to make money, which was my number one goal. But when we sold candy, we went back in those days, they had penny candy at the store oh, yeah. and there were kids in the neighborhood who couldn't go to the store because they were too little. So my friend and I would just mark it up to two cents and we made a killing with a K which is another clue for the crow. <laughs> the, yes. The crow. <laughs> so it's kind of amazing that uh, I'm Kate. Don't let your husband know, but I'm about to tell you a dirty word. Mm. Okay. I won't tell him. Selling. Selling. Selling and salespeople, which is not true, but in our society, uh, like I can have a hundred salespeople in a room and I'll say, uh, please finish this sentence for me. 
And I go, salespeople are. And someone puts up their hand and goes, driven. And on one flip chart, I write in a green pen, driven. And then someone else says, you know, motivated and successful and da da da. And then someone says, uh, are untrustworthy. I write on a different flip chart in a red pen, out to get you. They're liars. And these are a group of salespeople that after a while, the list of negatives is three times longer than the green list of positives. And then somebody eventually says, you know, wait a minute. That's not us. That's not what I do. I actually go out there and I help my customers do X, Y, Z. But even in their head, society has embedded the thought that sales is bad. And even salespeople, when they go to a store and someone says, I can help you. No, no, just looking. So your thoughts on that? Because we'll go into the book and those uncopyable secrets, but that's the underlying ground that we work on, right? Well, I think, you know, at one time, sales was kind of sleazy. You talk about the used car salesman or... I think certain aspects of it was sleazy and probably still are, but most of it was like... But most of it is not. Most of it is not. And I, like you, I define sales as, you know, really taking the time to find out what somebody wants, their what problem they have, their aspiration, and then meeting that. It's so much more fun. It's so much more profitable And yet we can, you know, most of us can remember even recent examples of someone who sold us in a way that we didn't feel comfortable. You know, it's the, it's the old golden rule, you know, treat someone like you'd like to be treated. Uh, I have a story in the book where someone came and sold power washing to uh, a friend of mine Mm -hmm. and he brought out this huge three ring notebook and just went page through by page and just talked and talked, you know, and I don't you down, baby, you're going to say yes. Oh my gosh. Her eyes were glazing over, you know, she's fidgeting and, you know, you know, for that, I I think, I don't think he had a nefarious intent, but sometimes as salespeople, we just get too wrapped up in what we, you know, we're so excited about. So on the other end of that sales conversation is someone going, Oh, you know, so uh, I think, you know, I think sales has really changed and developed. So we kind of remember that old sales style. And then we also remember our own personal who, you know, if you've ever sat through a, a timeshare, you know, presentation, not oh, yeah. to pick on them, but, you know, we, it, we've been in uncomfortable situations. So there are those, but like you said, the vast majority of salespeople are, have great intentions and want to help you get what you want. Right. So just before we change topics a little bit, you could have someone saying, you know, the, uh, well, I'll tell you a story and then uh, it'll put it in context. I was at a corporate event and they introduced uh, this couple that help homeless high school students out. And this was their story is that they were watching TV and there was some dude doing an event for the homeless. And he said, you know, hey, if you want to help, you know, call us and come to this event on Saturday. So they call up and say, you know, we'd like to help. And, uh, He says, you know, what would really help is if you could bring 500 bottles of water uh, to this event and some cookies. And that's what they did. They get the Suburban, they pack up all the kids, they go to this event. And as they're parking, this homeless guy comes up to the window and taps on the window. And the mom's like, oh, my God, I can't believe I brought my kids here in this place with all these homeless, dangerous scoundrels. And the husband rolls down the window and the homeless guy says, hey, mister, how can I help? And the mom's like, oh, my God. So anyway, they set up the water and they're giving water out and there's a kid not coming to their table. And so the husband goes over there and gives the kid a bottle of water and some cookies. The kid won't talk to him. And the husband goes, before the day's out, that kid's going to talk to me. And he asks another kid, what's going on with that kid over there? He says, you know, he came out. He's only 14 years old and his father kicked him out of the house. So he's homeless right now. 
And so they decide rather than help all the homeless people, they're just going to help kids going to high school that are homeless. And there's 2,000 of them in Philadelphia. Wow. There's there's such a huge problem. And the reason I bring that up is these guys are doing amazing work, but Had Scott, who runs this, and his name is Scotty Scott, which is like a weird name, but a (laughs) brilliant guy. Had he been a bad salesperson, that program would not have gotten off the ground, even though it was a noble cause and a social good. If you had someone, I want to do that, but they can't sell that idea to get the business community to embrace it. It's not going to work. So sales is critical. doesn't matter what you're selling. Even if it's the most noble cause in the world, if you're a bad salesperson, those kids don't get help. So selling is important. There's a million sales books out there. Why is your one relevant? Well, I I think one thing I want to point out is in that story is that it, it sounds like they had a preconceived notion when that one person came up to the window. We all do. And so you see homeless people and you ask people, what do you think? They're, they're dangerous and they're not the human beings, but absolutely. And so, you know, sales to me also, I mean, that is relevant because it's all about connection. And, you know, through this COVID time, you know, we have, you know, how many people are suffering with mental health because they have are lacking in that connection you know, a, tr- a true sales relationship is a connection. You know, I was uh, talking about um, a, somebody I know recently who is a great salesperson. He left the distributor he was working with and there was a non-compete clause. But oh, after that it. ran out, he took his clients with him because your opportunity as a salesperson is to develop a true relationship and connection. And that's something that we all need. I think more now than ever with all, you know, the, you know, the digital communication and, you know, the, just the isolation of, of COVID and even before COVID, you know, we've kind of been pulling back from community, I think. So uh, I think the being the right kind of salesperson is really serving your customer in a lot of ways. You know, and when you come in like for B2B sales, you know, which is what I was in. And when you come into the room or you call them and they say, hey, it's great to hear from you. You and know, there's it. no yeah. reason that you can't be the kind of person that they welcome a visit from or a talk to a talk with. So how do you build that relationship up? Like uh, walk us through that because it sounds simple, but even people in normal life outside of sales sometimes have difficulty forming those relationships. So uh, walk us through that, how to build that kind of relationship. Well, when uh, in a sales relationship, I will start with the beginning because you can see the picture of the moose if you're watching behind my desk. That is what we call your target market, your ideal customer. And if you want, if you want to know who your ideal prospect is, think about one of your customers. That's your very favorite. That uh-huh. is fun to work with that pays their bills that, you know, that has, like you said, welcomes your call and you love to talk to them and you make money from them. That will be, that is your moose. The person that you want to focus on as a customer person or company. And once you do that, uh, th- then you can spend more resources Um, and energy, time, and even money to really develop a great relationship. Um, I even in the book, and I have a giveaway that you're going to offer your listeners um, that talks about how to get in the door. Because with somebody... Unless you get that done, doesn't matter what product you have, how great you are. If you don't get in that bat, forget about it. 
Exactly. So, you know, first you, you have to get in the door and you have to do something different than everyone else. You know, what makes you stand out from everybody else that's calling on that person? And one of the stories I share in the book is uh, a friend of mine. She's actually my ski buddy and she sells Valpac advertising campaigns. Yep. And there was a customer that she couldn't get into. He had great gatekeepers. She had call, made cold calls. She'd called, she'd emailed, no response. So she made a greeting card with his picture on it and right. sent it to him. And we were saying, okay, is he going to call you back now? Do you think I bet he'll call you back? Oh no, he called her. And so not only did she get in the door, but they have, he's become a fantastic customer. He said, you proved that you're different from everyone else. So if you can find a way to walk your talk from the beginning, that is really put, you know, gives you an advantage beyond that. I, I think the biggest thing is, you know, listening, as you know, listening and learning about the customer. A lot of us salespeople love to talk. I'm one of them. Listening and letting silence happen is a discipline. And you know, really that is how you learn about the customers. So you're not, you're not the guy with the big notebook flipping through all the, the advantages when all he cares about is three, you know? Yeah. And I think ultimately at the end of the day, it's not about you anyway, it's about the customer. And in order to figure out what's going on for the customer, because all customers have a guard up, is the more trust you build with the customer, more of those guards come down. And when you ask a question, the customer reveals more. And once you get like the real issue, then you can figure out whether you can solve it or not. If you don't do that, you get red herrings and you kind of solve something that doesn't need solving or you do a laundry list of all the stuff that you do. So that relationship is critical. And you mentioned listening and listening happens to be a skill that many people suck at. So how do you truly listen? Well, I have some techniques in my book and, you know, it is really, I know you're big on mindset and, you know, this is really an inner discipline that you have to do. Uh, you develop? know, one, what's that? A skill you have to develop. Yes. A skill you have to develop. And so I think practice, it makes, you know, practice helps. One of the techniques I use is when someone is talking Resist the urge to think about what you're going to say next. Think of your follow-up. Think of your follow-up question because who doesn't want to talk if they have a business? Say, if you ask them something, you can either answer or you can say, "Oh, well, what about that? You know, was the most challenging? You know, how did you start mm -hmm. in business? For example, learning and then going further in the questioning. Uh, I think." You know, people love to talk about their business and their situation, their problems. So it really is a discipline, you know, and I'm not, you know, on a podcast, of course, my job is to talk. So, Kay, you know, don't tell your significant other, but if you and I went on a date and I talked about myself for 20 minutes in a row about how fabulous I am, you'd go to the bathroom and sneak out of the back. I'd, yeah, I'd run, I'd probably open the window, even if it's a high window. You're going to jump. Crawl out. But if I ask you questions about yourself, 20 minutes would go by. You'd go, oh, my God, Umar is such a great conversationalist. And so the same thing is true with our clients is when you go there and you have your this is our company. We've been around for this long. We do this. Our customers love us. And it's not about us. It's about our client. And the more we can get them to open up, the better we know them and the better we connect. 
somebody was telling me recently in a podcast interview, his boss would basically say, when they're ready to go in to do that meeting, hey, Doug, let's go make some friends. And he truly meant it. It wasn't, let's go sell them, let's go close them. His goal was, let's go make friends. And the byproduct oftentimes would be getting a deal, but that wasn't his intent. The intent was, I want to know them. I want to connect with them. I want to get to like them. That, I love that. Let's go make some friends. Uh, one thing that I like to think about is that people never get bored when they're talking. You notice if somebody ever says, well, I got to get going. It's obvious. It's always when you start talking, not when they're talking. Yes, so, that is true. And Dale, back to Dale Carnegie, you know, I, I even quote Dale Carnegie in, in the book, a story about him where he sat with someone all evening long and listened to all of these, all of these details from this botanist. And at the end of the night, the, the gentleman said, oh, he, Dale Carnegie is such a great conversationalist. Yep. What's kind of sad in the day and age that we live in, there's people that are older, like senior citizens, and sometimes they have nurses come to see them at home. And the nursing has nothing to do with their medical condition. When the nurse comes in and sits down and chats with them for 20, 30 minutes, they get more medicine from the conversation than they do from the actual drugs themselves. And I think uh, everybody is longing to connect. So we go in and we get the appointment. How do we land an appointment? I know you've got a giveaway to show people how to do that, but let's give a sneak peek here. And dear listeners and viewers, we're going to put a link in the show notes so you can go get that, so you can be a master at that. But Kate, walk me through it. Let's say there's a company, I happen to be in Toronto right now, and downtown Toronto is a company called Rogers. It's a big, massive national company. And if I want to get in to see the VP of sales, how would you recommend I do that? Well, if they are truly your moose and you know that you really could do some serious- We're in Canada. People love moose here. Moose, that's right. I would send a moose. I would, first of all, learn about your contact person. And that should be pretty easy to do besides, you know, between the company information, LinkedIn, check Facebook, find something, you know, where they went to school, uh, something about their family and a hobby- that would be great. And then one idea that I bet would really stand out and get you an appointment is what we call a shock and awe box. So this, yes, this goes by. Now we have our branding color, which I recommend everyone has. Yeah. Everything we do is orange. You can see the books back there. Yes. Um, Recently, one of my friends told me that orange isn't really my color. And I said, too late. My I'm all is, on orange. My color is transparent and no one can see that. But anyway, please go on. There you go. So in our case, we put we have ordered custom orange boxes that we hmm. send everything in. Like when I send you a, your book, you'll see it's orange. We wrap it in orange tissue paper. Um, and I would, you know, send a package of things that, you know, relate to that person and that are interesting to them. And then also some type of a teaser on what you can do for them. Not my company is so fantastic and here's what we do, but you could include something that said, you know, I've worked with a similar company. Um, Like when I talked about my friend that sent the card, Mm -hmm. she, she said, um, I, you know, I think that there's a whole lot more business out there that you're not getting. There are more customers that you can serve. And I have some ideas on how to do that. That was her message. And I think that can be a great message. And it was true. 
And it's A, it's true. And B, uh, if you're a head of sales, you're curious on how do I get more clients? How do I get my people to get more clients? So brilliant. Right. So, and you know, you do have to back that up. You have to put some thought and care into that and say, okay, what are some of my ideas? But, you know, a shock and awe package like that, you know, and you can put some money into it. You could, you know, you can even make, I have a, you know, you could go as far as making a mug like I've got with their picture on it if you wanted. And, um, I once sent a fire extinguisher to someone because there was like between uh, editorial and sales, there was like a major rift and he was putting out fires all the time is what I heard. So I sent him a fire extinguisher. I hear you're putting out a lot of fires. Let us help. So how did that work? Got a I meeting. You got a response. Got a meeting. Yep. Yep. So, so that attention is the first. And like I said, you're lucky if you're listening to this podcast because most people are not doing what you're doing. Most people aren't lifelong learners and looking for these, you know, really creative ways to connect. Um, and going back to the orange, one that's branding, which is nice, but more importantly, when you're uh, talking to them, did you get my package? Ah, I'm not sure. It was in an orange box. Oh yeah, I got that one. And so, yeah, it, it helps them uh, anchor yes, to that. Connect, right. So we get that meeting and we move forward. That first face-to-face meeting, are there any critical things we need to know on that first meeting that we need to accomplish? Well, you need to really be learning about what their problem is and some idea of how you can, you know, solve it. Not not spilling all over, you know, not throwing up on them, as they say, but, you know, letting them know that you already have done your homework and that you've studied them and you know something about them discerning their problems, and then having an idea of how you can solve them. And a great way to do that is to talk about other companies like them who have had that similar problem and who have you, you've helped and the results. I'm getting, yeah. So one of the things you said a couple of times in different ways is humans have two needs. One of them is to be an individual. I want to be me and I want you to notice on me. But the second one, which is just as big is to be part of a tribe. Because when we came out of the caves, survival depended on being in the tribe. And if you got shunned from the tribe, you were dead. And so the first thing you said was, you know, research the person you're about to visit and figure out which school they went to. Not because I, they went to that school, who cares? But it's like, oh, my nephew went to the same school, which is like, who gives a shit that your nephew went? But it's enough for that person to go, really? As long as right. you can find one form of connection, you yes. do that. Right. Exactly. Good point. Yes. And then the same thing when you're in a meeting with them and you're basically getting them to share what's happening for them. And you say, I helped a client like this, but you're saying, oh, there's somebody else out there in your tribe who runs a business who's having the same thing. I help them. And they go, oh, part of the tribe and you help them and help me too. So that need to connect through the tribe is, is really important. I believe so. And, and, you know, every sales situation is different, but you know, I deal, you know, I've always dealt with B2B and then you're creating a relationship that goes on. So, so you're making the first sale and it might have to be something small Um, along the way you're building trust. And that is critical and something that some salespeople aren't great at. And that is following up every time you have a contact, um, you know, when, you know, when should I follow up is a good answer. And you put that on your calendar and darn it, you got to do that, right? Here's, here's a couple of reasons why you should do that. Number one, for all the reasons you're about to say, which is, you know, hey, that's how the sale gets done. It's not from the first meeting, it's the follow-ups. And more importantly, this human being is going to leave this company. 
and they're going to go to another company. And if you've been following up and staying connected, as soon as they get to the new company, they're going to call you and say, oh my God, we need this thing here as well. And if you're not following up, then it's just like uh, they've forgotten you. So you've built the relationship, maintain the relationship. Exactly. And, you know, the salesperson, you as the salesperson are, are a huge part of what they're buying because a lot of times products and services, you know, one has this advantage, another one has this advantage, you know, when you put it all together, what's that? They're all interchangeable plus or minus. Yeah. Human yeah, being they're, that they're connected some, with makes a difference. Something is probably good enough. It may be, you know, a little more expensive or the lead time is, you know, shorter or whatever your advantages are. So having a relationship with someone who trusts you and knows I don't have to worry about all this stuff. You know, I am being taken care of. Um, in the book, I talk about a woman named Leslie who sold IT products and they ended up paying more for the products. But they said, oh, we buy we buy Leslie because we get a white glove service. And then Leslie leaves, they go with her. So having that relationship and the trust, I mean, it is sometimes hard to keep, you know, on top of all your follow-ups, but that is huge. So Kate, a few quick questions uh, before we part company today. Number one, what makes you happy? What makes Kay happy in her life? Well, I really do uh, enjoy serving people. I mean, what, I mean, going down the ski slope on a beautiful day, is, it makes me happy too. being with my family. Um, I have a daughter who just turned 30 the other day. Love of my life. My husband, he's OK, too. Um, <laughs> but I tell you, I have, you know, I'm at the point where I have friends who are can't wait to retire. And most of them have had really intense desk jobs for 30 years. But I've always had this freedom to, you know, just design my own life. And I just wrote this book. It came out in May and I'm so excited about it. Really what makes me happy is last night I went to dinner with some clients and he said, you know, I really liked how you talked about the moose and relating it to Macy's because I worked at Macy's and I said, okay, here's how we would pick out our moose at Macy's. Um, you have to read the book to find out, but I just love it when people say that really clicked with me. That really helped. We've made a lot of changes that have helped us be make more sales and uh, have more success. So honestly, yes, there's nothing better. And making the right sale. I mean, I literally sometimes feel that adrenaline jolt when someone calls and says, yes, we want to do the deal. I mean, it's, you can't deny it's a high salespeople love that. And when it's really the right kind of sale, you know, it's, it's awesome. Brilliant. What's one piece of advice you'd give someone that uh, they could use today to be more productive, more successful, happier, sleep better, ski better? Well, I have to pick one of those. Okay. Exercise. <laughs> That's number one. Although I don't always do it myself. But I would recommend that anybody watching call one of your current customers, one of your really happy customers and say, will you do me a favor and just tell me in your own words why you buy? Because they know the, you know, the pluses and minuses of your product or service. They know the whole picture and yet they have decided to work with you. So they know why they buy. 
And that's what we need to know. So that's yes. totally brilliant. And more importantly, uh, they tell you in their language, their articulation of what they're saying will resonate with people like them as opposed to how we articulate. Right, exactly. I'd add to change that or add to it is get someone you trust to do it and not you. Because mm. when you do it, they tell you they've got a relationship. In what the, you want to hear, way. kind of. Or you've got a relationship. And if you get like one of your buddies to call, they're like, oh my God, the reason we love, because they may not be as gushing to you on what the value is, but to one of your homies, they'll be like, oh my God, the reason I buy is da 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 da. And you'll get a more truthful answer and brilliant, brilliant advice. Okay, one That's a great question. idea, great twist. I told you I was smarter than I looked, but you did not believe me. I think I did. So Kay, here's one last silly question. I used to ask this when I first started the podcast. So I'm thinking of bringing it back. Who is your favorite superhero and why? Um, I just will say the first one that comes to mind is Wonder Woman. I right, said, why, why did you like her? Well, I have to admit there's a connection, Ooh, nice. but um, she was very tall. And so some of her stunt people were men. And back in my husband, he calls them his wilderness years. He was a, briefly a stuntman and he doubled for Wonder Woman. Holy so- <laughs> cow, that is so amazing. Which Wonder Woman did he double for? Linda Carter. Oh, uh, the yeah. original. Very Linda awesome. Carter. And I just always really liked her. And, you know, she's just, you know, superhero. And Can she you send have- me a picture of your husband in hot pants? You know, we, we got to see this. Kate, thank you so much for being on the program. I really enjoyed our conversation and I'm looking forward to our next conversation. Thank you so much, Umar. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming And that is the fastest way to get better results. 